In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Join me, Dr. Karen Kambule, as we pursue the Word, the Lord Jesus, searching scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. Download and share with your friends and your family. Stay blessed. Greetings and welcome. Thank you for tuning in to Word Anchor Podcast. The episode is titled, Where is God When It Hurts? This is a message I shared recently at a gathering in a church where I was invited to speak. It was a session for healing. We have gone through a whole lot of things as a people, as a nation, in fact, the whole world. People have been hurt. People have suffered. People have had troubles that were unprecedented. People have experienced things, loss of life, loss of family members, loss of jobs and businesses in a way that it is difficult to even to cope or to even support one another. Where was God? Where is God? When you are in trouble, where is God? We're going to learn lessons from the life of Job. For somebody who says, I have lost a child, I've lost my parents, both of them. Somebody that says, I've lost my job, my business. I've lost my husband, my wife. Whatever that you have lost, whatever pain that you have suffered, let us look into the word of God to get an understanding. Where is God when it hurts? We're going to learn lessons from the story of Job in the Bible. I think perhaps he is the one character in the Bible that had lost a whole lot of things. He lost the most. He suffered the most. But this is the same man that said in Job chapter 19 verse 25, For I know my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. This is a man that had lost everything. Only thing that he had was his own life and his wife. The one that was even saying to him, curse God and die. So literally he was alone on this earth. But he was able to say, I know my Redeemer lives. I know that there is somebody that is going to pay a price for me. I know that there is someone that is going to come and rescue me. That is going to redeem me from this trouble that I am in. And I know that he lives. He didn't say, I know that my Redeemer is here. He said, I know that he lives. I know that he exists. And I call him my redeemer. In other words, he will do the redemption. He is my redeemer. He was not referring to somebody else's redeemer. He didn't say, I know that there is a redeemer that lives. But he personalized this redeemer. He said, this redeemer is mine and he lives. That would actually commit the redeemer to the life of Job. Even if the redeemer was not prepared to redeem Job, but Job actually claimed the redeemer as his. And this Redeemer would come and redeem him. How do you say such words when you are right deep into trouble? When you are right deep into a loss that you had never experienced before? Overnight, Job lost all his children. He lost all his wealth. And eventually he lost his own life. How do you tell somebody that has lost so much that there is somebody that will redeem the person? How do you look at God and say, Lord, I know that you are my savior when you are not saved? How do you say, Lord, I know that you are my provider when you are hungry? How do you say, Lord, I know that you are my healer when you are sick? How do you know that, Lord, I know you are my comforter 
when you are in so much pain and you are not comforted? How do you claim God as somebody that is doing something in your life when he has not done it yet? How do you look at God when you are in trouble and in pain? There are people that have stopped going to church, stopped relating to God because they say, I prayed and God did not answer. I believed the word of God that says, pray, ask, it shall be given to you. I knocked because the word said, knock, it shall be opened for you. And it was not opened and I was not given. I prayed, I asked, but I did not receive that which I asked for. How could Job say these words? Firstly, let's talk about God as sovereign. Where is he? He is a sovereign God. Your trouble does not define who God is. God is moral and just. Whatever God does, it is just, it is correct. Our wisdom cannot be able to explain some of the spiritual things. We cannot sit and say, Lord, let us dissect the things that are happening on this earth and relate them to you. We cannot answer some of the questions in life. We cannot call God to a court and say, come and explain yourself, God. Why did you do that? Why did you not do that? We cannot even start even talking like the men that were accusing uh, Job of wrongdoings, um, the friends of Job, the evil ones that came instead of comforting him, they kept on blaming him, claiming that they knew God when they didn't. You see, God responds to a prayer of faith and not complaints. He doesn't respond to us saying, why God is you not doing this? Why God are you not doing that? God, you are not a um, good one to me. You have not given me this. Um, God, you are not fair. Uh, God, you are not just. I, I saw a video of a man, um, a man that was crying and in pain. He, he recorded a prayer on TikTok. He, he said um, he was speaking to God and saying um, that God, are we not supposed to have the money as well? Just like the others. Are, are we not supposed to have money? Are, are we not supposed to have jobs? Um, am I supposed to be suffering like this? Um, and as he was saying this thing, he was actually crying. And for a man to cry and record himself crying and in pain like that, a, a black man for that matter, um, not a sissy boy, but a black man, I, I felt and I saw the pain in his eyes. But then he says, God, I, I love you still and I respect you still. But Lord, it is tough on this earth. He probably has been looking for a job. I don't know what his story is. I'm just assuming that perhaps maybe he's been looking for a job and he has not gotten one or perhaps he lost his job. I don't know what his story is. But his issue with God is other people are having money. Am I the only one that is not supposed to have money? Can you not see my tears, God? But you see, God is not responding to that complaint because God has given us his word. God is sovereign. The word of the Lord God says, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. But however, at times we limit God's purpose to the level or to the extent of our experience of him. So if I have experienced a hurtful situation or something hurt me or I lost something precious, I relate that experience to God and it's as if God is the kind of God that allows this situation to happen to me. But you see, if, for example, I have lost my job and it is the will of God that I am able to make a living, feed my family and feed myself because God did not release me onto this earth to die of hunger. So if I have lost my job, 
there are various scriptures that I have reference for to come out of that situation. In his sovereignty, God has released his word and that word is supposed to get me out of the situation. I have to find a solution to my issue in his word. He is sovereign. He decides. But I have to find that word and say, Father, you already decided that you will teach me how to make wealth according to your word. You have already decided that you have blessed me with all blessings in the heavenly places. So your word and in your sovereignty, that word is true. I am blessed. And therefore, the thing that I'm struggling with right now, which does not look like a blessing, is actually contrary to your word. And your will is contained in your word. And it is your will that you teach me how to make worth. It is your will that I prosper. And therefore, in your sovereignty, in your will, and your will not being to the extent of my suffering, but your will being to the totality of your word, then I'll find my solution. Because the thing is, we, we, we squeeze God into that little challenge that we have. And we say, God is the size. Or God can go to this extent. And beyond that, God cannot go. No ways. When you find the word that speaks to your situation, hold on to that one and say, God, you spoke it. And your word says you are faithful to your word. God is the one that spoke to Satan. He is the one that said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He is blameless and upright. It is God that you would say in simple terms, he set up Job. But you see, God knew that the heart of Job will not be moved. And therefore, he took that opportunity to prove to Satan that there are people on this earth that no matter how much hard you press them, they are not going to go away from the Lord. They are not going to denounce God. They are not going to denounce their faith. Secondly, God trusts you to go through it. Where is God when I'm in trouble and I'm hurting? He trusts you to go through it. When he said about Job, there is none like him on this earth, blameless and upright. One who fears God and shuns evil. Satan said, no ways. Job serves you because you have hedged him. You have taken care of him. You have blessed him. You have given him everything, every reason that he needed to wake up every single day and say, praise the Lord. You have given him that. When you need money, you probably think that the rich people wake up every single day just praising the Lord. Some of them are waking up every day trying to shield their money, chasing their money, securing their money. Some of them are not sleeping well because they are thinking, what will happen if I lose the money? Anyway, God trusts you to go through that situation. God trusted Job to go through that situation. God knew that no matter how much Satan pressed Job, Job was not going to be moved. Job was blameless and upright before God. So you are sitting there and thinking, where are you, God? God is sitting wherever he sits, omnipresent as he is. He's looking at you and he's saying, I know this one is going to go through this. When you're right in the middle of a pain, you do not see the future where the pain is no longer as intense as it is currently. But God trusts you. Your problems that you are, that you are facing is actually your size. God has given you strength for that. James 1 verse 3 says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So you're saying, I am being tested. My faith is failing me. Jesus Christ prayed for Peter. 
that Satan has sought to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. That your faith will not fail. No matter how much you are being pushed and pressed, no matter how much you are being attacked, no matter how much the pain is, Jesus Christ has already prayed that your faith will not fail you. Because you see, you need to raise up the shield of faith and say, no ways, not with my body. You need to raise up that shield of faith and say, not with my children. You got to raise up that shield of faith and say, not with my marriage. God trusts you to go through that situation with the shield of faith, with the sword of the spirit, which is his word. He expects you to throw missiles at the enemy. At best, he expects you to be able to stand there and remain standing. And after everything, to remain standing, believing God that he's going to take you through it and you're going to come out all right. The last thing is, where is God when it hurts? He is right there with you. You see, child of God, the presence of problems is not the absence of God. God is unchanging. God does not leave you because you have challenges. Bad things also happen to good people. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5, he says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So when you think that the pain is too much and think that God is not there, he's there with you. Probably he's even trying to tell you what to do. But because your focus, your eyes is on the pain, your eyes is on the challenge, it's very difficult for you to look and see the solution. When Abraham raised up his hand so that he could um, slay Isaac as per the instruction of God, there was already a ram in the ticket, but he did not see it until God opened his eyes to say, look, there is the animal that you're going to use as a sacrifice. The solution is right there. Your eyes might not see it, but if your eyes are focused on God, God will then help you to see the solution to your challenge. Some of the things are painful experiences that you cannot do anything about, except that you allow God to heal you over time. If you have lost a loved one, you cannot replace that, like Abraham getting the ram instead of um, using Isaac as a sacrifice. You cannot replace a child that you have lost. You cannot replace a husband that you have lost. You may not even get that very job that you had before. Job did not get back his children, but he got other children more beautiful. He did not get the same cattle and goats that he had before, but he had wealth again. He got his health back. He was okay physically. So there are other things that once they are lost, they are lost. You cannot sit there waiting for them to come back. Once you have put somebody on the ground, buried them. You cannot go back and dig them and try to find them alive. If you have prayed and somebody has not risen and you go and bury them, the next thing that you got to do is to accept that they are no more here on this earth with you. Sitting and asking God where he is when you are in trouble, when you are hurting, when you are in pain, is not going to help. The Bible says he is nearer to those that are broken hearted. It is only that because you are in pain, you may not feel like the company of God. You may even think God does not deserve to be there with you because you may think God has allowed this to happen. God has allowed the pain to happen. God has allowed your loved one to go. Sometimes you may say, I don't even want to talk to you, God. Sometimes you may not even have the right words to speak to him. 
But at times, the best comfort is not in words, but in presence. Some of the words that we speak when we think we are comforting somebody are actually breaking them down even further. Sometimes just your presence there. I have seen people that are mourning and they just want to speak about their loved ones. Not for you to come and tell them that God has taken, God has given. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God has given and God has taken or God has taken the best flower or God wanted an angel or God wanted his person back. If God wants new angels, he can create new ones. If God wants a flower, he can just speak a flower into existence. It is already written that it is given that we should live and to die once and then judgment. So these are the things that we're going to have to come to a point where we accept that it has happened and we cannot change it. But that does not mean God is not there. That you are crying and you are in pain because of the loss of your loved one does not mean God is no longer there. If we read the Bible and we believe the same God of the Bible, we should always remember that the same Abraham that served God and was loved by God and was called a friend of God is the same one that is on the grave right now, inside the grave, long dead, long dead. But today we're serving the God of Abraham, not Abraham, of course. David, very powerful king that lived, died. He's in the grave. I've been to his tomb. I've seen it. Now, we cannot then, because we have lost a loved one today, then we judge God as unfaithful. But he's the same God that was there when David died. He's the same God that was there when Peter died, when Paul died, when John died. He's the same God that was there when Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and for me, went to the grave for you and for me. So if at some point you have loved God when things were well and he is still the same God and you believed that when you loved him, he was present with you. When you are experiencing pain, remember that he is still the same God. He is the same God of Abraham, one who died. He is still the same God of David, the one who died. He is still the same God of Elisha who died. He saw his uh, master Elijah going up to heaven, but Elisha died. So did Moses and all these men of God in the Bible. So God cannot change and become an evil God simply because you have lost a loved one today. When David was being persecuted by Saul, God was still the same God. Today, you may have a boss that is troubling you, a boss that wants to see you fail. A boss that wants you to be fired in your workplace. He is still the same God of David that saw David being persecuted by Saul. Saul wanting to kill David so that he would not ascend the throne. He is still the same God. He is still the same God that saw Paul being um, arrested and taken to Rome. And today you may be sitting and thinking, "Ah, they have taken this and that away from me. Perhaps you are even physically arrested. Or you are being held in bondage by situations and things and circumstances. He is still the same God. He's never changed. He didn't go anywhere. If he was omnipresent when things were well, he will still be omnipresent when things are not going well. Job sat in sackcloth and ashes, crying, his friend tormenting him, telling him about his sins, telling him to repent, telling him to apologize to God. They spoke a whole lot of things. And when everyone else was done, 
Job was already better and hurt. When the book of Job starts and all of these things happen, he said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Somewhere in the middle or towards the end, he starts saying, I need to actually reason with God on these matters. He started questioning the justice of God. He started saying to himself, I'm actually blameless. Why are these things happening to me? Is God just to allow the, the blameless man to suffer like this? He started questioning the justice of God towards the end. And God came. It was like Job was saying, come here. Let us reason together. I want to ask you questions. Why am I suffering like this? What did I do to you, God? Why do you hate me like this? God came and started asking Job, come, let us reason together. Let us talk. Ask me questions. Or I will ask you, where were you when the foundations of this earth were laid? Where were you? Where were you? When the sea was told you can come to this point and move no further, where were you? Where were you when the animals up in the mountain, they don't have a midwife, but they are able to give birth. Where are you when these things are happening? Do you know where the hail is stored? Can you command the morning to come? Can you command the evening to come? Do you know where the sun stays? God was actually getting Job to recognize the power of God right in creation. How do you, the created one, begin to question God about things that you do not understand? Where are you, God, when I am suffering? He has never moved. He has never changed. He has been the same omnipresent God. He is as far as you want him to be. And as far as you allow him to come close to you, he is right there. When the three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fairy furnace, God was there and he appeared as the fourth man right inside the fire. You would have asked, where were you, God, when they were sentencing us to go into the fire? He was right there. He was waiting for them to get right straight into the fire. Where was God when Daniel was uh, lowered down into the cave where they kept the lions? God was there to shut up the mouth of the lions. He is still the same God. He is still the same God. He's never changed. The fact that you have gone through a situation does not mean God is distant. When God had finished speaking to Job, Job realized that his thinking, his thoughts, his ideas about God were far-fetched. There was no way that he had understanding of who God is. One of the strangest things is that God never even told Job what happened as it is recorded in Job chapter 1. So God did not give Job the answers as to why he was suffering like this. Perhaps God could have said to him, you are suffering because I told Satan that you are blameless. But now you have begun to question me. You have begun to want to ask if I am a just God. Is my justice okay? Simply because you are suffering. God just made Job to recognize how powerful God is. The kind of animals that God had created. The abilities that are in the Leviathan. The kind of uh, power that is in the hippopotamus. When you look at those animals and you realize that it can only be God. No human being can be able to make an elephant that big animal. Job responded and said in Job chapter 42 verse 5. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and I repent and repent in dust and ashes. Job chapter 42 verse 5. So 
have heard about you, God. I have heard about how powerful you are. I have heard about the the fact that you created things. Everything created was made by you. I have heard all the stories about you, but now my eye sees you. Job did not see God eye to eye, but he began to look around creation and say, I see God. I see God who made the little ant in as much as he made the big elephant. He is still the same God. So Job began to see God in the eyes of God's creation. If you begin to look at God in that way, you'll realize that the best place you can be is in God, not away from God. So where is God when it hurts? He is as far as you want him to be. Right where you are, you can be with God. If you allow him to manifest himself, to comfort you, to heal you, to give you solutions to your problems, to guide you and to lead you, to order your steps, he will take you through it. Eventually, David ascended the throne. Eventually, Job received back his wealth and God children and he lived happily ever after until he died. Eventually, Abraham had his son Isaac and when he wanted to sacrifice him, he got the animal for the sacrifice. Things will be okay as long as you accept the okay in the eyes of God. If the okay in the eyes of God is that the loved one is gone and is not coming back in this lifetime and age, then accept that and move with God. Let God hold your hand through that painful situation that you have gone through. If it is a job that you loved so much, God is there with you to point you to another job, to point you to your business. If you have lost whatever you have lost, a business, God is there to hold you by your hand, to take you through to another blessing of God. May you not judge God unfaithful. May you not judge God as not good because of the pain that you are going through. May the Lord hold you by your hand and never let you go. And do not let God's hand away. Do not leave God because of the situation you are facing. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray for this one listening to this episode. The pain that they've experienced, the hurt, the disappointment. Perhaps they have come to a point where they have thought you are far away from them. I pray that they will know the reality of your presence all the time. That you are as far as a whisper and that they will whisper your name, Jesus, and that you will respond Give them comfort, give them strength, give them hope, open new doors for them. I pray that, Lord, you will heal their broken heart and that, Lord God Almighty, you will wipe their tears and that, Father, you will show them that life does go on. I pray that, Father God, you will give solutions to the challenges that each and every one listening to this episode is facing. That they may know you, God, and the power that raised you from the dead, the power that is able to give life, the power that is able to give solutions. I pray that, Father God, our faith will not fail us because of the situations that we go through. I pray that you touch that one in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word Anchor Podcast. To get copies of my books, The Bride of Jesus, Dear Girl Child, Confessions of a Parent, Victorious Youth, and From the Pit to the Palace, go to Amazon.com. You can buy a hard copy or a Kindle edition. 
Remember to check out the show notes. Connect with me on social media platforms. Give feedback and continue to spread the word. Tune in for the next episode and make the word of God your anchor.